white buffalo returns. The sun was going down as Jesse entered Fort Kona. Angus MacDonald was no longer there. But his replacement, Everett Bullock, seemed happy to finally be meeting the man that Angus had spoken so highly of. Everett was born in Scotland but was raised in Dublin, Ireland, and obviously loved his Irish liquor as much as Angus. Jesse smiled as the man poured himself a glass of the Irish whiskey from one of the two bottles Jesse had brought, hoping Angus might still be there. Hmm, lad, that's real whiskey, and I bloody well thank you for it. Life's blood for Scots and Irish alike it is but Jesus. Jesse McKenna rode away disappointed after his visit to Fort Kona, partly because the new Indian agent seemed inept and out of place compared to Angus MacDonald, but mostly because Jesse had been thinking about his flathead friends and wanted badly to sit around a fire outside with Angus and listen to his side of this tragic story. Everett's okay, I reckon, and I doubt there's anybody that could fill old Angus's shoes. He stopped to look out over the vastness of an area that at one time in the near past was filled with millions of buffalo. After a few minutes, he shook his head slowly, thinking, Not even a small herd left. It's as if they never existed. He nudged his horse toward the area of the new reservation on the southwest end of Flathead Lake. Sure don't sound like 1855 was the best year for the people he said aloud. As the horse walked slowly ahead, Jesse's mind replayed the same thoughts it had several times during the trip. I don't know where to start, Rose, but I'm going to do whatever I can to help your people. He sucked in a deep breath. The people, our people, Rose, I don't feel as though I'm part of this new white man's world I've been seeing. Cresting the hill, he stopped the horse and scanned far left and then right. He could see their camp in the far distance, but it didn't appear to be close to large enough. Leaning forward, Jesse rested one forearm on the pommel as he patted Shadow's neck and tried to imagine the size of the camps they had made each time they stopped during the long trek to their ancestral buffalo hunting grounds. Surely they didn't split up and half returned. No, lame Wolverine wouldn't allow them to. There's nothing here, but even less back there. He would have helped the chief convince them that they must stay together. Another possible reason surfaced, but he forced it back into the darkness of his mind. He gently urged the horse ahead as he recalled one particular conversation he had with Everett Bullock two hours prior to his leaving. Now, as the sun peeked through the eastern trees, it ran through his mind again. And the Flathead signed a treaty with the government, giving them their many thousands of acres in exchange for a little piece of ground to wither away on while eating white man's food and learning white man's ways while drinking the white man's whiskey. Jesse caught movement in his peripheral vision as his horse moved cautiously down the hill toward the Flathead Indian camp next to Flathead Lake. 
He reached back to his right saddlebag and pulled out the folding telescope that his father Sean had given him many years earlier. With it finally adjusted, his eyes then strained to identify the movement among the early morning shadows. He realized with a start that it was at least two dozen men. Might be twice that many, he thought. Jesse patted the horse, saying quietly, Go slow, boy. Everything's okay. A full minute later, he was certain that each man carried a rifle, and they were being very stealthy. They're going to hit the sleeping camp any minute and start shooting. Once that thought registered, his pistol was out and his horse was responding to Jesse's spurs. He knew the pistol would never reach him, so he began firing in the air as his horse raced toward the sleeping village. I sure hope lame Wolverine ain't the first out and starts shooting at me, because he was getting good with that rifle.